0: Broadcasting live from Business Radio X, it's time for Coach the Coach. Welcome to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you today. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the show founder with Flight New Media, Mr. Rich Brooks. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great today. Thanks so much, Stone, for the interview.
2: Well, Rich, before we get too far into things, can you tell us a little bit about Flight New Media? How are you serving folks?
1: Surely. I am, I've been in business for, actually, as of tomorrow, 22 years doing this. Uh, and Flight New Media is a web design and internet marketing company. So we design and build websites for companies, and then we back it up with digital marketing, things like search engine optimization, social media, content marketing. Webinars, podcasts, and whatever else comes down the road so that they can reach more of their ideal customers who search social and mobile marketing.
2: Now, do you focus on a specific niche um, or you're kind of uh, something you have something for everyone?
1: Well, uh, we do not have a specific niche. Sometimes those niches come out, and all of a sudden it'll be like two or three or five companies of the same industry want to work with us at the same time but we purposely try and spread it out so we can learn different ideas from every industry and then put them into use in other industries. But we have done quite a bit of business over the years with coaches.
2: Well, tell us about that. How can a coach kind of help themselves when it comes to web presence or web marketing?
1: Well, I think you need to have some of the basics down first. And uh, this is actually where our bare essentials of digital marketing comes in. Bare stands for build, attract, retain, and evaluate. So what, What business coaches should be considering is, first of all, they need a specific platform. And that platform these days, of course, is a website. You can't get by with just a LinkedIn profile or just a Facebook page. You do need to have a website where you own the domain, you're driving traffic to that website. And then a lot of it after that comes down to attracting the right type of people, that's the A, uh, retaining them, using email marketing to stay in touch, and then evaluate, measuring what's working and what's not working.
2: So now when you're working with a, a coach, um, usually I would imagine they have some sort of web presence, right? Like you said, maybe they have a Facebook page or they have a LinkedIn profile. Uh, can you walk us through what that onboarding to move them to a more kind of robust web presence looks like?
1: Sure. Well, I think if you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out what your website looks like, maybe you already have one and it's not performing well, or maybe this you're just getting into this business. You've left corporate America. You want to start your own coaching business. My recommendation is really first think about who are you trying to serve? You know, are you serving any business leader? Are you serving business leaders of a certain age, of a certain gender, of a certain point in their careers? Or is it a different type of business coaching that you're doing? And your entire website is not about you. It's about your clientele. So you want to create a website that's going to answer all of their questions, uh, really, establish yourself as a thought leader and organize it in terms of the way that you work with people. I know some coaches prefer to just do one on one in person, others want to do um, virtual coaching, other ones like to do small group coaching. So you need to figure out what kind of things you want to offer and then build a website that 's organized around those type of offerings.
2: So now, in your work, do you have a preference or you can make any of those kinds of areas work for the coach?
1: I think it really depends on what the coach wants to do. There's no right or wrong here. Some people I've seen do amazing in front of small groups and and basically leading masterminds and that sort of stuff. And other people would rather work just one-on-one and really get deep into the work. And I know that there are coaches out there that might work more on leadership issues where others like to work more on the financial side of things. So it really depends on what you're looking to accomplish. But whatever you're doing is you wanna start developing out content that's going to support what you want to do and educate your customers or your prospects so that they become your customers and clients.
2: Now, how does the coach kind of protect themselves from all these, It's I don't want to use the word get rich quick, but kind of these things that make it seem like it's easy to rank really high or to be seen, you know, very quickly?
1: Yeah, Lee, I think you're talking about the 20 emails I get a day that say, hey, I noticed that you weren't ranking for some of your keywords on Google. I can help with that. Um, Those kind of emails are usually to be avoided. If you're a coach and you're looking to rank well, be aware that you're probably never going to rank well for terms, for broad terms like business coach. But if you are a, if, if you can focus on what your niche is, like maybe it's a geographic territory. If you, if you care about that sort of stuff, or maybe it's a specific type of industry and you start creating content that's focused on that. Like, let's say that you are helping, um, you're helping people move from corporate America into an entrepreneurial lifestyle. So you might create content that answers all of the questions about that. Like how do I prepare for an exit strategy of my corporate job? How do I set up an LLC? All the things that would help your ideal customers That's the kind of content you wanna write. And when I talk about content, if we're talking about search engines, I'm probably talking about blog posts. So I'm gonna write blog posts, and although there's no perfect length of a blog post, it does seem that longer posts do well. So 300 to 500 word blog posts aren't gonna perform as well as something that might be 1,000 words, or 3,000 words, or 5,000 words even. And I'm not saying that it's just about being a long blog post. I'm saying it's about being in-depth and answering those questions and all the related questions and really trying to be the most relevant, high-quality article on the entire web for your ideal customers.
2: Now, how often does the coach have to write 5,000-word blog posts? (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, it depends. When you're first getting started, if you've got a new website and you've got very little search engine optimization, very little search engine presence, you're gonna be writing articles more often. Um, But once you get, you know, what I might say, if you were starting from scratch, I might say, try and write a really in-depth article every two weeks for six months. And then at that point, what do you have? You have 12 articles. So those are gonna start to work well. I probably would even go say, maybe you wanna plan on doing that Every two weeks for a year. And at that point, you're going to have 24 blog posts out there over a wide range of connected topics. And there's a lot more detail about like how you link to them, how you create the titles and stuff. But that's going to give you a bigger target for people to shoot for, for people to find when they're on Google. Now, I wouldn't rely entirely on Google. Chances are, if you're coaching, if if you're doing some coaching, you have some connections. I do think that I'd spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Post some of my articles there after they've already been published on my website. I would be connecting with people on LinkedIn, and I would be sharing my articles, including like maybe tagging some of those people in those LinkedIn posts as well. I've seen that be very effective for coaches on the web.
2: So that sounds like something I can control. I can publish and create and publish at a rhythm that uh, fits into my life. How about anything? Can I be doing anything to? Um kind of engage these people other than the writing? Like, should I start a newsletter or should I create kind of more engagement through other areas or just is this blogging enough?
1: Uh, I, I would say that, first of all, you absolutely want to have an email newsletter. You know, in the bare essentials, I mentioned retain. So how do you stay in front of people after they've left your website? Because most people are not going to make a buying decision the moment they arrive at your website. So we want to stay in touch with them afterwards, and this is where an email newsletter comes in. And you don't have to create fresh content for your email newsletter. What I would instead say is you write your blog post on whatever the topic is. And then as soon as it's published on your blog, you would then go to your email newsletter provider, could be MailChimp, could be Constant Contact, whatever it is, and you would basically send out an email to all the people who have already opted into your email newsletter. And you might say, hey, we've got a lot of questions. I've had a lot of questions lately about exit strategies from corporate corporate positions. And so I wrote a really in-depth article about it, walking you through every step that you need for an exit strategy. Check it out here. And so the email is really, almost just like a transport to get them out of their inbox and into that blog post on your website where you can market to them so that's what I would be doing for the email marketing and then would I be using other social media channel channels to further engage people sure within reason I mean, the bottom line is it's in my opinion it's better to be present than everywhere so if most of your customers are hanging out on LinkedIn then that's where I'm going to put my energy rather than also try and be popular on Snapchat or Instagram or Pinterest. You need to go where your audience already is.
2: Now, you mentioned an email newsletter. How do I get someone to subscribe? Like, do I have to um, do something or have an offer that says, you know what, I'll trade my email address for this offer? Or do you think that people just want to subscribe because they see the web page?
1: Uh, Lee, I would definitely try and use an incentive to get people to subscribe to an email newsletter these days just because there's so many email newsletters out there in the world and people are already getting so much. So think about what's going to make your – as a coach, think about what's going to make your client's life easier. Maybe it's a white paper. Maybe it's a checkbox or or a checklist or maybe it's a how-to, something that's not available on your website. But you put it all together. Maybe it's a series of blog posts that you wrote that then you turn into an ebook. It's got to be of a perceived value to the end user. And then what I would do is basically put it and make it available on the website where people can download it. But the only way they can download it is by giving you their email address. And then you're going to be clear that, hey, you're going to be subscribed to my email newsletter at any time. If you're interested in this content, well, every two weeks, I'm going to be sending you new information about how to grow your business or your career, whatever it is you're helping people with. Uh, And that's usually how it's done. I would also have some offers at the bottom of every page to join your free email newsletter, but nobody wants to join your mailing list. They want to see what's in it for them. So the bottom line is using incentives is a great way to do it. And although nobody loves pop-up windows, the bottom line is You might want to experiment with some pop-ups on your website. Now nobody likes when you go to a website the first thing you see is a pop-up window but if you these days with pop-up windows you could have them appear on the second page so now somebody already knows you a little bit and then you say hey would you enjoy signing up for our email newsletter or would you enjoy this download whatever it may be. Those are some effective ways that we've seen to really build an email list.
2: Now, what's your backstory? Did you build your practice uh, using these same techniques?
1: Well, I've been doing this for a long time. And to be honest, the first time I set up an email newsletter, I had about 200 clients, and I just added them to my email list, and nobody complained because back then nobody knew what the rules were for email marketing. But over time, I have started, you know, and this was even before the canned spam laws, so what I was doing wasn't even illegal back then. But these days, I'm very strict about my email opt in and I will share one way in which I get a lot of more email addresses from people is I like doing presentations, in-person presentations. And very often at the end of a presentation, I will have a slide that shows a picture of a woman holding up a blank business card. And I'll say, hey, listen, I, you know, um, if you guys want the slides from today, I made some changes even, of, even this morning. So I've got the freshest version of these slides. i love to share them with you. Plus, today we were talking about whatever the topic was, email marketing, SEO, LinkedIn. Um, And I've got a special report just for you. If you want it, what I need is I need your business card. And when I get your business card, I'll email you out all the content I shared with you today and more. And I'm also going to add you to my email list. You can unsubscribe at any time. And that usually gets me a ton of business cards from everybody in the audience. And then sometimes I have one extra trick. And what I do is the woman who's holding up the blank business card, suddenly there's a smiley face on it. And this is my special tip that I think will work really well for coaches. I say, I press the button and all of a sudden you see the smiley face on the business card. And I say, and if you put a smiley face on your business card, I'll give you a free 15 minute consult and we'll schedule that after the session. And so then I get a bunch of people who are showing me real interest in what I'm doing and that's also a great way of, of getting some more leads as well. So I, that's one of my favorite techniques to use to build my own email newsletter.
2: So now, how did you build up this speaking um, kind of practice?
1: I think it's one of those things that kind of feeds upon itself. Like one good thing creates another good thing. So I actually, with a friend, put on an event i don't even know how many years ago and it was about search engine optimization just locally and people showed up for it and they paid us money for it and i'm like oh this is a great way to do it plus i personally love speaking in front of crowds and then a few years later i started a bigger conference and actually eight years ago i started the agents of change digital marketing conference which guaranteed me a speaking gig every year so i put on a big event here in portland maine and online in september called the agents of change and we bring in speakers from around the country, and I always get one of the main speaking gigs right there. But then because I'm doing this, and because my LinkedIn profile, and because I'm well-known in social media, I'm often asked to give uh, speeches on uh, digital marketing around the country. So that's another way that just kind of, you know, the more I put myself out there, the more I blog, the more I podcast, and the more I speak at certain events, I get invitations to speak at other events, so it just becomes kind of this virtuous circle. And I would say if coaches are out there and they're like, well, I haven't had a chance to speak yet, I would say do what I did. Just call up the local chamber, rent the room for the day, and put on your own event. Maybe it's free. Maybe you charge $25 at the door to cover your expenses. But that's a great way to get started. And then you just build from there.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more insight. If you want to help more people make more money and own your backyard... Go to brxteam.com. Rich Stone Payne here with Business Radio X. I've been listening in on your conversation with Lee, and what I love about, about this discussion is so many practical, tactical things that all of us who try to serve others through coaching can can implement. I have a question for you around impact, though. How do you personally choose to define measure and make sure that you really are delivering real impact?
1: Wow, that's a great question. How do I decide if I'm delivering or how do I measure if I'm delivering real impact? I guess there's a few different ways. One is for my business, like New Media. I spend a lot of time in our Google Analytics, and I see if the work that we're doing out there is actually coming back. So, And, and I do this with my clients, too, is taking a look at, Is the content we're putting out there in the world? Is the education, the thought leadership coming back to us in forms of traffic, conversions, all that sort of stuff? So that's one way that I measure the impact. And the other way that I measure impact is a little bit looser, and that's just to see how things like Agents of Change are playing out in our local community. So are people talking about the kind of things that we are bringing out there? Like if we bring in a speaker, do they talk about that speaker afterwards? Does that person have an impact on their lives? Are they changing the way they do their business to better ways based on the type of speakers and topics that we raise through this event and through the weekly podcast? And that, I guess, is probably the best way that we measure the impact that we have on the people around us.
2: So now in your work, are you spending more time or do you kind of spend some time locally and some time nationally? Like what's the ratio for your business?
1: So I'm glad you asked that. So Flight New Media, I moved from Boston to Portland, Maine about 19 years ago. And over that time period, I've seen that more and more of our business from flight is local, is in the um, Southern Maine region. And there's plenty of business here. But people, for digital agencies tend to go local they want to still even though it can be done virtually they, they like the idea of working with somebody local however my podcast the agents of change has nothing to do with maine it's basically anywhere in the world and we have listeners from all over the world and some of our biggest clients have come through the agents of change podcast they hear me speaking every week they get to know me and in this, sometimes in the show, I'll have a pitch or sometimes not, but people will just reach out to me and say, Hey, is, is this something you can help me with? And I'm like, well, I can't, but my team here at flight can. So our flight has done a really good job of getting local business, but agents of Chain has done, change has done a really good job of getting us business from away.
2: So now, uh, so you use a podcast, you have a blog, you do these workshops and, and, and conferences. That's your primary channels.
1: I would say, yeah. Right now, it's funny. I have not been great about blogging, and for the first time ever, I use one of our copywriters to interview me, and she's been ghostwriting some of my most recent blog posts, just because I noticed that in the past five years, I've almost never missed a podcast episode, but I've really cut down on blogging. But I still think blogging is critical to the success of my business. I'm just finding that I don't have the time anymore to write the blog posts that are required to get that search engine visibility. So I'm I'm basically being interviewed for the blog posts. I'm doing interviews for the podcast. And then I do as many presentations and episodes like interviews like this that I can. And those are some of the ways that I get, um, get, get visibility for my company. So I also wrote a book that that helps as well. Like people always like to talk to people who have written books. So if any of your listeners are sitting there and they haven't written their first book, I would strongly recommend that even if you're just using your book as a business card, that it's a fantastic way to kind of increase your perceived authority.
2: So now do you use the book to get speaking? Do those go hand in hand?
1: Those things absolutely go hand in hand. I wrote the book knowing that I probably would never make my money back on book sales in terms of all the time and effort that went into writing the book. But my assumption was, and it's been proven correctly, that the book has helped me get both speaking gigs, but also paid gigs for my business. Now, I know that that's not exactly a coaching gig, but I've had a, I've had a couple clients this year who hired us, had never heard of Flight, never heard of the Agents of Change podcast, found the book on Amazon, bought it, and then was like, why don't I just hire you to do all this for me? And I'm like, yes, that sounds like a wonderful idea.
2: So now on the com website, you have a section at the bottom that it looks like local sponsor tiles. How did that come about? How did you get local sponsors? Um, on your?
1: Yeah, place? so you're actually seeing you're on my website today. We just launched today the website because the tickets officially go on sale tomorrow, although you can see that tickets could you can buy tickets today. Um, so sponsorship, that's a whole nother nut to crack, Right. When I put on events, I often talk about the three S's, speakers, sponsors, and seats, as in how to fill them. The sponsors is tricky. For us, there's no way we could put on this event without the support of sponsors. Right now, we have two local sponsors, one being a bank, one being an email service provider, um, but we also look to find other people outside that maybe just trying to get in front of our audience. So we've had other people like Constant Contact in the past and some other sponsors as well that might not be regional to but just in front of my type of audience. And sometimes these relationships came about because they we're using the software, so I called them up. I basic One year, I just printed up all the vendors for Flight New Media, and I reached out to them and said, hey, this is something I want to do. If coaches are looking to put on their own events, one of the things that works really well is getting barter sponsorships. So we get some advertising in local business papers because we give them free passes and put their name up there. Um, And Machias Savings Bank, which is one of the ones you probably see down there, they've been a longtime sponsor of uh, the Agents of Change, and they're big supporters of growing businesses in Maine. So, you got to find people who are in alignment with what you want to do, that are either willing to spend a little bit of money or provide some other services uh, that will be valuable to your to your audience.
2: Now, before we wrap, do you have any uh, actionable piece of advice, some low hanging fruit for a coach out there that wants to kind of Uh, take these first baby steps in maximizing their web presence and their, their results from their website?
1: There's so many different places that people can start, I would say, and maybe they already have something. One of the things that I would say is I'm guessing most of your audience already have some sort of web presence. I would say make sure that you have Google Analytics installed. Take a look at your website. Is it about you or is it about your customer base? Are you answering all of your customers' questions? And if the answer is no, and if you're looking at your, your Google Analytics and you're not getting the amount of traffic conversions you're looking for, I would set up, I would sit there and just write out what are some of the biggest questions that you get asked on a regular basis, and each one of those questions should be a blog post of no less than a thousand words, and every two weeks, you're going to publish that blog post, and you're going to send it out to your email subscribers, and you're going to start to see it build over time your audience, your influence, and your client base.
2: Good stuff. Rich Brooks um, with the Agents of Change and Flight New Media. What are the best coordinates for someone to get a hold of you and learn more?
1: Well, if they want to learn more about the conference, which is both in-person and virtual, they can head on over to theagentsofchange.com. If they're interested in any sort of digital marketing help, they can head over to takeflight, F-L-Y-T-E.com. And if they just want to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or any other social platform, I am the Rich Brooks on every major social platform out there.
2: Good stuff, Rich. Thank you so much for sharing your story today.
1: My absolute pleasure. Thank you.
2: All right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Paint. And we will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.